The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and we have a very special announcement for everyone. If you go on to your local browser and head on over to Tuscan Shed, that's Tuscany Shed, you know, like the, the Shed Shed, um, TuscanShed.com, you can see the Tuscan Shed Media Network and all our associated shows. That's Movie Gang Podcast, Save Point Gamecast, a Feast for Bros Podcast, and of course, Geek Space 9. Well, go on over there and sh- go ahead and check it out. And I am joined today by our lovely cast of individuals. First up, we have Bobby Pike, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, Jack? I'm doing great. Hey, and we also got on here, we got Peter Dancy. Hello, everyone. And next up, Benjamin Haworth, which I apparently say wrong always. <laughs> Both are fine. Yeah, I guess technically it's Haworth, <laughs> but uh, you're supposed to say it like a pretentious British person. Like, Haworth. 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 I, I had the opportunity to go to Haworth, England, and that. I'll definitely go at some point. Be you need to go take a picture in front of a sign or something. Yeah. We're also joined here today by Trevor Flynn. Hi, everybody. Am I ask, am I pronouncing everyone's name like a question? It's <laughs> Bobby Pike. Like I and, am not sure. And last but not least, Sarah Becker. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure about that. <laughs> Everyone else got like it's like a, it's like a question. It's like Valley Girl question. I got an it's actual like question. Jack Newman? I don't know. <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> I know. Well, today we're going to be talking about Star Trek Beyond. Yay! The latest in the rebooted Star Trek trilogy, which for me personally was a return to form, at least on the first movie, after the terrible Into Darkness. Um, let's start up with Bobby. What do you think of Star Trek Beyond? I, I really enjoyed Beyond. Uh, I, I agree. I did, I did not care for Into Darkness, and I wasn't a huge fan of 2009, but I definitely enjoyed it. I really felt that this, this movie got back to what I really enjoyed most about the Star Trek films. I thought it was engaging from start to finish. Um, I thought the action sequences were great. Uh, the character development has been interesting thus far. I love the throwbacks of uh, getting, well, I love the addition of getting um, a Sulu who is actually gay uh, openly in the film. That was exciting. Um, that was fun. There, there was a lot, of, a lot of things to really like about it, and the fact that it kept me on the edge of my seat for pretty much the entire length of the film, I, I really thought was great. Um, so I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I thought I heard there was a tweet where George Takei was like pretty sassy about it. He was like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I would um, expect nothing less than for him to have been really sassy about it. I would have been disappointed yeah. otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like along the lines of about time. So I right? think it's. Oh, no, he it's actually nice was to, against nice. it. That was kind of the yeah, big controversy. Yeah. Wait, was is that because I heard something I didn't get, actually. He I, said I, it was a disservice to the, uh, the original yeah. character. Yeah, cause, mm. yeah, because cause la- cause last year John last year John Cho came to Decay and he and he was like, hey, so um, so we were thinking about doing this for uh, doing this with the character Sulu in the new film. Decay and Decay was like, don't, 
please do not do it. That's not, I know that you're doing this in honor of me, but that's not how the character was originally written. Just make a new character who is already gay. Like, don't change Susan well, I think for the sake I, of this film. I think the well, one actually, thing I understand, and one defense against it I, I've heard that I think is actually kind of interesting is, if this is supposed to be a split timeline, then you could get into the argument of that being gay is a choice problem. You know what I mean? If he's genetically oh, that's, gay, that's a good point. That's that's icky. That's right? Icky to you think get into like, like a the weird real ethical, like idea. philosophical kind of speculation like, that starts because it's not a <laughs> proper. If it was a proper <laughs> reboot, who cares? Like it, but since they make it the same timelines and characters but split, then you get into like a weird. I get why he was concerned about like that. Kirk's dad is dead and now he's gay. Like it's right. not okay. <laughs> but I mean that's the problem with Star Trek: the reboot in general. And just the thing where it's like, they want to do that, but everything is different. Just because Kirk's dad dies now, Starfleet is different, and the engines look different, and, like, the way everything functions is different. You know what I mean? It's always been that weird middle of the ground, so I kind of well, understand why it's like, I suppose yeah, there's so there, a I mean, timeline ar- argument, and uh, not, not the being gay is a choice thing, but I guess maybe one could argue that Sulu was bisexual, and that in you know, the work. original yeah. timeline, yeah, yeah. he married a woman. I, but I in this read timeline, that, he, he married I always man. read that subtextually, at the least, in terms of Sulu's character. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I understand. It's actually interesting. Like, Sulu's – I think this is one of those moments where, like, in respect to, to Takei, I don't think Sulu was a deep enough character to justify one way or the other having an opinion. Like he's like, oh, it's a destruction of the character. Sulu as a character, I, I mean. Well, I also think it's in. different because you're writing for two different time periods. Star Trek was super progressive for the 1960s, obviously. Everyone, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Just well aware of that, but I think even they had a point. You know what I mean? And not that I don't think Gene Humphrey hated gays or anything like that, but I do know the show has always been kind of pushing for more gay characters um, since it was on, and I'm sure Brian Fuller will get a ton of gay characters because he's very good at writing them, but. Um, it's one of those things, it's like, I don't think they ever would have gone there, the original show. So it's like, eh, might as well add that extra element, I can kind of see it. I agree, it gets yeah. in a weird, icky spots, but I think the reboot's changed so much from the original anyways, I don't buy the whole, it's a new timeline thing, because so much of it is different. Well, it's all, it's all, I mean, it, we clearly can see, like, the writer's hand in the way the timeline's set up, and then they're, they're just like, ah, different timeline. It's like, I think you need to, like, at least drop something in terms of there being, like, more of a universe distance you a difference in the universe and different things it's not like oh you know everything's different because of this it's you know everything's different and this is just an entirely new reality because time is more difficult to do that and then just like a back to the future skew you know like it's not that's not how it works because <laughs> they do they go off the they go off the back to the future two skew model and um that's just stupid because like i uh-huh. mean even in that sort of universe like the biff future doesn't make sense like um well at least it's all tied to biff at least i mean but this is like this is like oh look at those look at those i know like the engines is the big thing and somehow there's magically more solar flares everywhere so um (laughs) (laughs) but back to sulu for a minute i I guess you could i don't know i i feel like from from the other side of it like in an audience now where we're used to or at least getting right. used to seeing more gay right. characters sulu being written as gay wasn't actually that overt in this film like they, they, they didn't even yeah, actually kiss a... did they no no, no. And they they apparently no. cut a kiss that was like a, another mm. thing there was a Damn kiss right. in this. i was rather that's surprised almost by more that. disgusting to me that's where i think like, paramount like, screwed up because paramount came out and was like hey we made him gay and that cool and then takei was like 
And we were all waiting for yeah, it. Yeah, and Takei was a little bit off it, and then there's just a little, there's just out. like a back rub, you know, like there's like, like a little side know, hug, and they walk off with their yeah. daughter. That I, is I the like, the co-writer like of the what, film. What's by the, way. the most gay sex that's been on? I mean, I know like blue is the warmest color. That I'm was trying to think that's about. the the gayest gay sex that I can think of. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Yeah. Like I, I, I watched yeah. that and I was like, uh, I would argue. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. I saw that movie and I was like, I wonder. No, that was that was straight up. Is this what Sarah does yeah. in her free time? Oh, I yeah, I, I think I think blue is the warmest color. Almost went too far with that. Yeah, yeah I think I think that's fair, especially for for like you know I don't know clods like me. <laughs> um, no, but I was, think that, the, was, that was too much for me. I felt uncomfortable during blue is the warmest color. <laughs> cool. That makes yeah. me feel like a zillion times better that you say that. Um, <laughs> But the other the other big thing is like I mean I think moving on I think the biggest thing is that um, you know I'm kind of cool with it because like if we're if like okay we can get all the we mad we want about you know the altered timeline you know it doesn't support that but if we get into it they're just it's just another inclusive character I mean they're not building up his character but I thought the inclusion of like a of like a girl of like a like a daughter that he has and motivating him to defend the station and that's that really, nice. I thought that was that was clever motivation and very very subtle and I thought I thought it was okay I get that like I feel like this comes back around to like recreating characters and kind of in the Marvel continuity too is like when they're going to start recreating new characters not just in the timeline but let's say Captain America dies off and they replace him and all these guys place him hope to god that Captain America when they replace him isn't just turned out to be a Nazi through all the Marvel movies oh my god no <laughs> like the whole time he was no, just like don't. I am the skull <laughs> it's been me all along he does have blonde hair and blue eyes Oh my god! Because that's that's how racism works, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Hashtag Aryan shaming. Um, <laughs> speaking of racism, we're stronger no, together. No, no. That's no, apparently what no, the message no. of this movie kind of wanted to be, but then I don't know. I don't know. I like how everyone made uh, Krell to be like a. I don't know if we're gonna talk spoilers about the ending. I mean, I think we have to because I think at least a couple of us are pissed that we got spoiled on like a stupid fucking commercial. Yeah, did you see that one too? I did not watch yeah, that I commercial yeah. actually. So I have. No I don't it was on T fucking V. I think that's a moot point. I don't point. watch regular TV. I watch Netflix. <laughs> Same. I, I, I think too. that's a moot point. the millennials and, and and YouTube. That's it for me. With the reveal though, because I saw that coming. Like miles away, I, and I don't even. Okay, well, I I don't know. Like, I did my too, dad, actually. My dad was surprised by it. Like he's like, oh, cool. Like she's not a random alien. But I, think I think it should have made. Listen. I think I should have known that Idris Elba would not have been an alien the entire time. He's too big of a star now to not show his face at least once. You know what I mean? Well, they didn't even do that. He's still like CG'd out the ad. Okay, well, well hey, let's get no, let's, like do, video, let's yeah. put some order into this conversation a little bit, because um, so far we've just talked about you know. Gay to K. Should we and, should uh, we do the plot? <laughs> should we break down the plot a little bit? Yeah. So in in essentially in Beyond, we come back to James, T- you know James T. Kirk, um, essentially questioning his role as a captain, which is interesting. Since yeah. Three years. Famously, the Kirk from the original series always wanted to get back into the captain's chair, and that's the interesting thing is because from Wrath of Khan on, essentially he was out of it from the majority of the Star Trek movies and was a vice admiral, which is the place where the movies start. So this hints at him going there, but this takes it in a different direction and says, oh, I don't want to be a vice admiral. One interesting little uh, 
thing is it's three years into their journey, which is exactly where the original series ended. So it's kind of yeah. like we get a fictional original series like you can kind of mind put it in like you know it kind of put them in some of the similar ideas and this is where we're taking mm-hmm. off now which i thought was really clever it was a nice way of doing yeah. like they talked about like oh it felt really episodic and there was like some nice little meta things like that i no i think chuckled when I'll... they said that line <laughs> yeah i did i thought the whole beginning was great i thought like i think they that was the thing is like i loved the first couple minutes of star trek into darkness like their mission on that planet right. like when i saw that teaser i was all aboard and then uh you know i was all off aboard as soon as the movie got rolling into the whole plot <laughs> um but i think i had a big I problem in terms funny... of prime directive stuff but that's just me <laughs> yeah, like... but, but that's i love you ben but that's that's nerdish i know stuff, but i let's know look... Like, like we can we can have a we can have a discussion all all damn day about the prime directive and and the philosophical context of it, but but I think I think like in terms of you know him in terms of it just being a fun Star Trek mission, it was fun. That's the thing, and, that, and I think that's the whole thing that I like about this movie is that it feels like that first part of Into Darkness. They're on a mission, they're in, they're doing a thing, and it just goes off and it does a self-contained story. It's not trying, <laughs> it's not trying to have a bigger arcing issue because like it's like the, the last two movies, like the first one, which I again I like, but I probably rate Beyond above the first movie, and I think a lot of people will disagree with me. On I'm that, one of those. No, I'll I, agree. I am as well. Okay, well, I mean, cool, we'll get to it, but I mean, I don't think you guys, like, currently I'm on your side, but I have not seen 09 forever. That is fair, and I haven't neither, so maybe I'm wrong, but I think the bit is that, um, I think for me, like, the first one's trying to reinvent the universe, the second one is trying to reinvent the first movie, and this one feels like the first one that's just its own goddamn movie, and I really appreciated that. I really appreciated not knowing what the fuck was gonna happen, they blew up the Enterprise, I mean, I knew it from all the damn trailers, again. Spoilers. But, Honestly, um, I, I knew mean, it from you and the bet at the end of the last podcast. I had no idea that they were going to blow up the Enterprise until you said something, Jack. I actually kind of saw that happening from the trailers. I was like, you can't I, have this many small I'm ships going into it and not have that sorry. happen. Sorry, Sarah. If you watched any any trailer, I don't. I don't consider that a spoiler. If it's if it's in if literally the saucer section being destroyed and separated from the rest of the ship is in every trailer, and it is in every trailer. Um, it's not a spoiler. Yep. I'm sorry. That, that's how I always <laughs> I'm view to it. Like, personally. I actually saw any trailers for this film. I may not have. There's no way. There's no. I, I'm. The, I'm just saying it. There's no way you can have watched a trailer for this film and not know that the Enterprise actually, is going to be destroyed. Well, I will it was, say it was the, heavily the marketing did not feel as internet for the last like two and a half months. Okay, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm just defending myself on that that's spoiler true. because that's, I. That's absolutely <laughs> fair. Everyone else had seen it, and I'm. Alone. Since you brought no, up no, the no, saucer okay. section thing, unless you wanted to get back to the uh, plot summary, I have a point to make about that as well. Okay. Oh my God. This is okay. This is rapidly going out of control. Let me finish the plot, and then we will jump on this shit. Okay, guys. So. Kirk is questioning himself. He goes, they go on to port. Everyone's doing their in-port things. Oh, there's a mission. There's an escape pod. Oh, we're going to follow this to this uncharted, you know, sector. Um, They're attacked. They crash land. Everyone's in escape pods. People are grabbing the escape pods and all that jazz. And then essentially it goes into, like, separate groups on the planet. It's Spock and McCoy running around talking about mortality with, like, the death of uh, um, Ambassador Spock, the old Spock from the original universe. Obviously Leonard Nimoy, who passed away. 
live long and prosper in Leonard Nimoy. It was a classy way to tie that in. I thought that was. I really, I really liked that. I did. Too. I really liked everything to do about it, and I and a lot. Of, I've seen people complain about him. Not they're saying he moped through the whole movie, and I was like, I'm sorry. Like Star Trek had to do something for Leonard Nimoy, and I thought like making Spock confront his own mortality in such a way I thought was it was a really great way to tie it in and also tie about his death and what happened so I think I th- you know and also having that picture of the whole cast at the end I you know, was in, legitimately in oh, sobbing so nice. when that, that was a gut punch <laughs> that, was, so that oh, was a gut God. punch when he pops it open and he sees like the just the original picture just straight out oh. of the original series I was just like yeah I think that was uh, awesome. from, from 6 I believe Undiscovered yeah, Country ending yeah yeah, yeah. Luckily, the the traitor Vulcan isn't in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think she was airbrushed out because I think that original image had her in there. Um, oh yeah, mm. I, I think it did. I'm I'm gonna check that later, but I, I think she might funny. have been airbrushed. I don't know. That'd, just be, that'd be funny <laughs> if it was just like literally xed out with like a knife, like the Spock's like, oh that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> just like he's like, who is this? <laughs> I should watch out for this lady. <laughs> I mean, okay. So, but uh, God, God damn it, we need to finish. We need to finish the thing. So there's Krell. He's on a planet. He's sucking the life out of people, a lot like the Warcraft movie. He's essentially the dude from the Warcraft yeah, movie. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't thought even of think that. About that. He does yeah. the same sort of thing. He's prolonging his life. It's a bunch of bullshit. Um, Kirk eventually meets yep. a random alien that doesn't really serve any purpose to the plot other than being a hot piece of tail. Um, and she shows him this old ship, and then they get on, and then they, they uh, fix up the ship. They rescue the crew. They go back into orbit, and they stop. They stop. Uh, What's uh, they stop? Uh, you know, Krell from who turns out to be an old starship captain uh, for the Federation, who was previously a soldier and went get to, went to the planet, got crazy, and it's like, you know, they left me here. They don't believe in each other. We're just gonna destroy it, and kind of goes, you know, typical megalomania. Uh, Kirk stops them. Days saved, and they rebuild the Enterprise at the end, and that's the movie. Goodbye, everybody. Um, <laughs> Good night. The one thing I'll say is, as I was talking about off air, is I'll give this movie a point and a negative point on the villain. Which is my negative point is this is the fourth damn movie in a row since Nemesis that has been about guy wants revenge. I'm kind of tired of guy wants revenge stories in Star Trek. I understand they're easy to do, and there's a lot of open range for them, but. I'm also tired of it. The other thing, though, I will say is I think this guy had better motivation than at least the last two, for sure. Nero at least kind of had, like, I blew up my planet, but I think after he got Spock, there's no reason to go kill Earth. Like, once he blew up Vulcan, his plan was basically over. He got his revenge, so the movie stopped dead. And then in Ben Cumberbatch, I thought his plot made no sense at all. And then this one, I think, was much more clever, and I thought the idea of, like, soldiers turning into... Space people and space uh, adventure, like uh, more scientists right. and emissaries. I thought that was really clever. I thought that was kind of a neat idea. So I like this villain a lot more. Especially, I like him. Before. I like him a lot more because he stays an enigma for the majority of the movie. And I think that's the nice thing about him is that um, I think that's the difference between this. Even though I was spoiled for the reveal, like it was still a far better reveal than Khan. I'm going to have to disagree so with you there, stupid. man, before you like, get going on that too much more. I hated the fact that they trailed it out the whole time. Like, what is the reveal going to be? What is going to be the complex backstory for this character they're giving you no information for right up to the end? And then that's it? You just see like a video of him yelling that he went crazy because he and his crew got abandoned were dying off on this planet, and he feels like Starfleet abandoned them. For the... It's like, I mean, compare that to... like. The villain from 
um, Skyfall has kind of the same complex, but they go into it more, and it makes more sense in that movie. Here, it just kind of felt like uh, just a very poor excuse. Trevor, he's an on. Like, let's let's be honest about Star Trek movies. They're ensemble cast villains, which means they get no goddamn screen time. I mean, if that's like, your, the best excuse I mean, you can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not an excuse. I mean, I'm just saying, like, in terms of like the, I, I'm saying, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he was great. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Ben. I'm not gonna say he's great. I'm gonna say let's compare it to the last couple of villains. Like, what are the last couple of movies? We have Into Darkness. We have O Nine. Nero gets zero time, and it's just, re- I mean, he's got like a better motivation, but he's 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 so less characterized and on screen, and and I don't know, Idris Elba is just such a better presence. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say his motivation is better, but I'd say he's a better presence than whoever the heck was playing um, Nero. Who was playing Nero? Eric Bana. Oh fuck, man, he <laughs> pops up. I mean, I, I I loved him actually in the Hulk movie, but he was just so like bullshitty in that. <laughs> he was just like he was like Hulk mad. <laughs> he oh he's, he plays like the most like spittiest Hulk. Like I don't know. Okay, let's not let's not talk about it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> and before that we have Nemesis, and what's the one before Nemesis? Is that and that's not Generation Insurrection. That's not Insurrection. Yeah, which I actually like. I actually like Insurrection quite a bit. I know most people hate it. Um, I would argue Insurrection and... Those villains have way more... That was probably the last villains had really good motivation, I thought. Right. They had good motivation, and I'd argue their motivation is better. I'd say that their screen presence are kind of crappy. I'd argue that that uh, young, uh, what's his name? He's Bane. Um, Tom Hardy? You know. Is he really? Yeah, young Tom Hardy and Nemesis is probably like the best villain in Star Trek in one of the worst movies. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I actually disagree. I think he's a terrible villain. I hated him. I, I think he has he's some good. of the best Tom Hardy's great, but, I mean, but like, he's, he's really got like, he's just like... Oh, he's got nothing to work with. Yeah. He's got nothing to work with. Um... I think that's I think that's the point. Well, I think, I think the, the, the issue is to person uh, Trevor. The whole let, let me just cut this. this cut this to the bullshit. Um, <laughs> Trevor, the whole point is that yes, all Star Trek villains are kind of bad. He is one of the least bad ones, in my opinion. I actually liked. Or I felt that Khan in Into Darkness had more motivation than Crawl did. I realize really? that's an unpopular opinion, but Crawl no, like I, just went crazy. Honestly, because no, he was isolated. No, you're right. And you're right. Went, but Khan, like part of his programming when he and his crew were genetically engineered was that they're sort of like the Daleks, I guess, is they were meant to, dis- it's, it says it in the film, which I watched this week. Um, right, you're talking that, about the soldier thing. Yeah, that, and he, they, their purpose right. is to destroy any being that they view as less than superior. Which so therefore that includes pretty much all of the human race, and so that made I, I, more sense to me than just you abandoned me. Therefore, I'm gonna kill you all. Well, I actually liked his motivation through most of that film because they characterized it as him having more of a family that he was trying to save. Yeah, I mean, I found that very compelling. I'm not. I'm not gonna say this. I think like him as a character. I think the beef that everyone has with him is that he was con. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a beef with him because I, I think I got zero attachment to him because all of his people were missiles you know what i mean like it's it, the the clan right. makes no sense and for me right. i never got a sense of family at all and sarah i miss that 
entirely when I watched the film. Maybe I was watching the film yeah. poorly. No, but I, I agree. Never I agree. I missed all no, of that. Heard that stuff about the con for me is that they built him up so much, and then you also have the expectations right. carrying over, mm-hmm. and that character, the way it's written, just does not love it. Like you talk about being a brilliant tactician, and there is nothing in that movie that like makes him. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah. It makes no sense. He, he, he becomes like, Superman. The like there's no plan. There's no plan. Yeah, well, that's he's the not weird even thing manipulative. About... He's just he's just like shitting around. He like runs away to fucking cl- like uh, Klingon like Kronos. Oh my God, Kronos. Kronos. Yeah. He like runs away and it's just that's just like his plan and he like fails to kill the like it's just a terrible plan and there's no tactician to it and he's built up as just this thing but it's really it's just a loose I mean and that's the big problem with Into Darkness it's just a loose set of plot points strung together mm. recklessly and that's the issue is like I'm not saying that he's not internally logically good within the movie I'm saying he's in he's in it's like the same thing with that I mean I'm still going to put Nemesis like Nemesis for me is one step above Into Darkness um, but I would still argue you're correct in that, like, I guess in terms of Benedict Cumberbatch being in a bad movie um, versus um, young Tom Hardy being in a bad movie, Benedict Cumberbatch definitely takes the cake in terms of being a good, likable villain. Especially in that, again, the, again, the first couple minutes of that movie are great, and especially, like, him motivating the guy uh, and, like, by curing his child to blow up a Starfleet headquarters. Like, that's... That, like, that, I wanted to see where I'm the rest sorry, of like, that movie went. After that scene, I want to know what happened to that guy. Like, <laughs> right? The right? dude from Doctor Who. Like, yeah. it's Mickey. It's Mickey. Why is Mickey a terrorist? Like, how'd that happen? Because he was saving. The his doctor daughter. saved him. That's what happened. Yes, that's exactly. The doctor saved yes. him. Yeah, Confirmed. yeah. Before it gets all into that Can classic confirm. Kurtzman, Ortsy magic blood crap they keep going back to in every damn script they write. Like, oh man. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I just know if they do like two more of these, that's gonna come up again. What happened like was that. they took Sherlock the sociopath and gave him super strength, and this is how yes. that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is just your fanfic, Sarah, Shut and up. I love you. <laughs> well, everyone, everyone else had controversial opinion on on Into Darkness, so here's mine. I think that Into Darkness is better directed than Beyond, even though I like Beyond better. I don't think Justin Whoa. Lin is as good of a director in terms of action, and I, I don't miss all the lens flares, but I don't think lens flares were that annoying to me. They were over the top. He was better. He was better think, by Into Darkness. But I think that he has much more clarity of action, and also like the film felt really dim to me. I don't know if that I didn't watch it. In, I watched it in two D, so it was kind of crazy that it was that. But like, he just had really a better sense of mer- molding. Action and CGI. He just had a better, I don't know, eye for this landscape. Justin Lin's an amazing director, so I'm not going to take anything away from him. I think the Fast and Furious movies are ridiculously well directed, the ones he's done. Uh, I just don't think it was the right fit for him, personally. I'm curious if anyone else is the same. I'll back, hold on, hold on. I'll back all of that, Mm -hmm. Ben. I'll back all of that to the point that, like, I mean, there was definitely a couple of shots where you would spin around as the camera would come up on people and it would do all sorts of weird shit. Um, where it would kind of like spin around and come up and you'd just be like, oh, I'm kind of a little bit dizzy. And it would do all so much things. But like like in terms of that, do, do you remember a single action sequence from this movie um, like as composed to like the first time Khan introduces and like kills all the Klingons? Like that was a badass action sequence. No, exactly. I think maybe, uh, maybe the motorcycle sequence was very interesting because it's doing clever things in terms of like I, one right. thing I did like about the action here is it, no, it utilizes script, sci-fi script. elements more, which is what I liked. Right, it's better written script-wise. Like the, the that's the thing is like the characters earn. 
No, the, yeah, the characters earn them getting out of it from like a script perspective. Like you can tell the script writer got them out of that, and not just like Kurt beat up the Klingon. You know, like that's what that's what it felt like. Is like, oh, and, and you know, and John Harrison showed up and shoots all the Klingons. Like that's essentially what was probably like in the script versus but, in this one. He uses the same yeah. technology that was set up in the previous act as a Chekhov's gun to run around, and then they also set it up that you have to have that thing to teleport out of the thing, so it teleports back around and all over the place. Like they do, they like it's just so much better written and. Straight structured from a script perspective and i think thus it's a better movie even if it is working from a like i think us i think my thing is just a slightly less capable director like i'm not saying like you're right it's it is it also i i agree with you on the dim thing but i watched it at imax 3d so it was super dim mm-hmm. um yeah, guys, i was actually wrong. gonna go ahead bobby Oh, I was actually going to bring up the clarity of action because I thought that was the biggest flaw with Beyond um, because there there were definite parts in the film where I'm not so stupid that I can't follow action. That wasn't it. But the directing... Jesus, well, the directing of the film did did not... Um, there, there were no points one ever said you were you, stupid. <laughs> you legitimately lost the, the action. I mean, you, you lost the characters. You lost them in the... Mm-hmm. The darkness of the film really contributed to that. There, I mean, I distinctly remember when um, the Enterprise is like rolling over and falling, and yeah. like all this shit's yeah. happening. Like, yeah, you can figure out what happened. You're not so stupid that you couldn't understand. But could you see it? I mean, maybe could they you were really to counteract the glare of J.J. Abrams? Yeah, they went too far yeah. in the other direction. Yeah, this one is the true into darkness. I was about to say that. I was about to say. That. <laughs> ha! I beat you to it. No, like that's another Puns bone galore. I have to pick with this entire franchise. Is the subtitles are meaningless beyond oh, what yeah. what is the beyond in this movie it, it, there's, there's nothing there's no place beyond the, that big ass nebula dust cloud yeah right yeah. i guess physically beyond the dust cloud, beyond right. the frontier yeah. well i mean it's beyond where the original series ended and now that now that trevor's making me think of which ones make sense and which ones don't damn it all right <laughs> right because like none of them make speaking sense. Of okay okay i'm gonna do sense. it real quick real quick okay just swear to god i won't take too long okay motion picture that makes sense wrath of khan yes he's getting wrath search for spock They're, they find his body pretty quickly but they gotta figure out how to bring him back to life voyage home kind of they're still home yeah, but they gotta no, go no, back in time yeah, they do go back to earth yeah the back. final <laughs> frontier they go to where god is and where no one's gone before so that kind of makes sense oh i hate that one so much that's too. a terrible movie Undisco- but that it does kind of sense discovered country doesn't make any sense that's just a cool line from hamlet it doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> but at least i respect that more than like beyond yeah <laughs> generations i guess two generations are in that movie yeah because you have that's Kirk cool no no, no. i i i'm Insurrection, they do totally actually, down with the name. They do actually have an insurrection from the crew. First right, contact, right. they no, go back in time to the first contact. Right. Nemesis, totally bland, whatever. Anybody mm-hmm. can have a nemesis. Um, but, but like he, ha- but there is a nemesis. To- he is literally his nemesis himself. That's uh, true. Uh, That's true. Star Trek, really this is Star Trek. Film. Into Darkness, no sense. Beyond, even more, no sense. So there we go. Really, it's All just right. the new films then. Yeah, mm-hmm. new films are the worst. Really, it's just and the last. This, one and, this one and the one before. Like it, they can't name them worth shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I just because they're just, just action don't. movies. Because because they're just action movies. That's why they are. are I s- don't mind I mean, that, but I think I agree. Like I understand you kind of have to put your Star Trek brain away a little bit. For me, at least, but I appreciate the. I thought I think that's I think that's why I like this one is because I felt like you could take your Star Trek brain back out more for this one than a lot of the previous ones, the previous two, to my mind. This is the most Star Trek of the three. I'm sorry. Uh, I I think that might be a good point to to bring up another bone I have to pick in that there is so much nonsensical sci-fi bullshit in this one to make the plot work. Like, where where explain to me why it makes any sense 
to have someone have to physically go and pull a switch in an emergency situation that separates the saucer section from the fucking rest of the Enterprise. Picard didn't ever have to do that bullshit. Are you kidding me? They would just like test that, well, take it out on a test time. flight. It made no sense in the original series in uh, in Rapid It's always on the bridge, gotta, though. I'll he give him that. himself has to, like, Spock himself has to go and, like, do the reactor. And it's like, you don't have a robot that can do that bullshit? No, the reactor I even can more accepting because that's, like, a desperate measure that is not a routine thing. But separating the saucer is, a, is protocol. Call. That should be. It's a manual point. release, I know for a fact Trevor. There was, wasn't there like some sort of android character in Into Darkness who could have gone into the reactor? Oh, yeah, Bill Hader robot. What happened to Bill Hader robot? Wait, what? (laughs) Bill Hader voices that robot from Into Darkness. Yeah, so he totally could have gone into the reactor instead of Kirk. And now, granted, that provided the, you know, wonderful homage to which, which film is that? The I have been and always shall be. Yes, thank you. It's a wonderful homage to that scene, and I wouldn't have had it any other way, except that that makes no logical sense, and no, that upsets me. It's not an homage, I mean, it's a ripoff. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, I'd have it I, every I was, other I, way. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I enjoyed it very much. Especially the direct design of that room. I was like, why did you redesign that room? The first one is so good, where Scotty's looking in and screaming at him. Oh, God. Wrath of Khan is so good, guys. It is. Um, it's good. <laughs> and I, I think that's the thing, is I like a cell. I think I and like And I, I, I really rated like Wrath cell- of Khan higher than Into Darkness. All right, we'll get to you whining about, like, you having to rate them. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Um, but I think, like, the, the big bit is coming back around to your bone about about non-logicalness in this movie and like just kind of the sci-fi bullshit like yeah there's a lot of MacGuffins um, yeah. like there's the main MacGuffin where he sucks out people's life which is probably one of the most bullshit things in Trek history <laughs> some kind oh, yeah, of they, energy will, transfer <laughs> what? That, that was almost Mass Effect interesting like there's a lot of Mass Effect vibes by the way that Yorktown looked just like the Citadel um, but yeah what? No, it didn't. I thought it looked a ton like the Citadel. Or at least it made me like. I mean, the like Citadel is like a flower little cylinder thing. No, there were aspects of. Uh, there yeah, were aspects, like, aspects of, of like basically oh, having oh, a curved oh, structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not like thought, in its entirety. I thought the designs in this movie were cool, though. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I loved like, them. I thought it was like, oh, like, design like, great. Like, the yeah. design of that sh- the, the station, like yes. it's like a snow globe in space. That was and fantastic. And the humor. Yeah. The humor in it was so good. I'm sorry. Like, like, like after watching Ghostbusters last week, like which is actually technically more of a comedy than this, I laughed so much more in this movie just between interplay and like Spock and McCoy and like this cast it's a good cast and I think that's the thing that I like about it is like I it's just you know we're, we're talking about how Abrams is a more capable director but I feel all around this was a much more capable summer blockbuster than Ghostbusters yes yeah. I would agree I would totally agree I think it crews a lot more um life and also like ghost unlike Ghostbusters I felt like the sci-fi princes were clever like the end sequence where it's like oh anti-gravity where you can float between different like platforms like that was awesome idea where like the basically center of the globe is this sort of anti-gravity field and crawl knows where to go by following Mm -hmm. this glass moving in like a frame and kirk has to figure it out without it like those clever little ideas like that you know what i mean that's what i appreciated about the action was simon Pegg and doug uh oh sorry i don't remember his other name the other writer sorry uh doug jung uh they did a really good job of saying okay what are like some more interesting sci-fi elements and i agree like it's sort of frustrating because like on the one hand i love the idea of, like okay if they're in the enterprise head what if they flip it and that's like an interesting idea where the thrusters go up and 
That's kind of clever. Exactly. Different. There's, there's, there's set pieces, and they're so much better, and they're so much better strung together, and they're motivated, and there is a MacGuffin. But like, let's be honest. I, I can, I, for me, the MacGuffin isn't an issue. Having a MacGuffin to motivate issues and character development of the plot, and that's the thing. It's like so much character development actually does happen. I actually like. Uh, Kirk's development, and I like um, Spock's development, and I like that it happens silo to each other. I love, like, they talk to each other, and by the, it's funny, at the end of the movie, they, like, come back together, and it's like, oh, we independently solved our issues of each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did right. really like, that did it. happen. Yeah, that's clever. That's clever. I liked it. They came back, they're like, oh, do we have time to talk? No. And then, like, the whole movie happens, they come back, it's like, do we need to talk? No, we don't. Yeah. And it, I, I was like, like, I, there are so many good writing beats in this movie that I, I really like. And I and I may I may agree with you. It's like, I agree. I think Ben has hit the nail on the head. It is an infinitely better written movie that is slightly less capably directed. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know. See, the humor didn't play, I think, as much for me as it did for you. I did enjoy it, but for me, the like uh, Spock is logical come on. thing is getting kind of old. A tidal wave of rock and roll exploding no, ships. That, that, they, I was laughing they my destroy ass stuff. That was, that, that was, that was hilarious. Like they destroyed the enemy with the power of rock and roll. <laughs> like that was that was which just they, so which, metal. Which, I'm sorry. which, by the way, they called classical music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was hysterical. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like in Doctor Who and. Cassandra talks about classical music and they play Toxic by Britney Spears. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> yes, I loved that. We're very lucky it wasn't Picard because it would have been uh, uh, Gilbert and Sullivan going. <laughs> Modern Major General. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for Imagine a knockdown that, blow. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they chose the song that they did and I'm glad that they chose the song that they did because it's the song Kurt, Young Kirk was listening to at the beginning of the 2009 yeah, reboot uh, yeah. in the car when he like you know drives the car off a cliff basically and I appreciated like that pull but over. then I realized it's the wrong generation of Star Trek but part of me really wanted it to be Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf in <laughs> reference to First Contact <laughs> and uh, James Cromwell um, yeah, yep. you know, as Zephram Cochran leading the first warp drive. Um, we can't always on. get what we want. This is true. Oh my god! We can't always get what we need. I know why they did what they did. I'm just saying, part uh, of no, I me it. wanted it to be Steppenwolf. <laughs> I I totally appreciate that, Sarah. <laughs> Steppenwolf would have been good. It just would have been that much more funny. I think. Yeah, I think making it not an act. I, I don't know. I I'm sorry. Like, the title wave. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> only for the hardcore fans. Yeah. Well, I think the thing and, that made me like it is that they got there through classic Trek techno metal, which is what I appreciated. It's the uh, yes. it's the old uh, it's the old uh, Futurama joke. Where like, oh, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna explain it in overly technical terms and then give a very simple metaphor? So we do this and this, and it's like a balloon filling up too much. Um, and that's what I appreciated. It was very much like everybody was bouncing off each other like classic track. And it was like, oh, they, they're responding through sound waves. And that's how they figure, oh, we do this one thing. Oh, yeah. You scene. And like, it was just nice that it was like, blam, blam, blam. We got 60 seconds. You know, it was very classic track in that teamwork right. way and that techno babble way that I love. Spark is like that. Spark is like spouting techno babble and, and Kirk is just like English and her is just like, it means we can kick their ass. It's like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You Thank want that you. like 
that that perfect kind of oh, pitch. Oh, we got to touch. This is the one thing that I do have to touch upon is um, what did you think about the a- Jayla as an inclusion in this movie? I kind of liked her. I, I, I thought she her. was uh, I liked her as an interesting character. I thought she was good. I thought she was totally pointless to the plot. That's, I agree. I, I, I think that was... I feel the same way. I, I really liked her. I wish there was more of her and more of her story and so forth rather than her like just kind of like give like giving like a basis for crawl and what he and the crawl and like a kind of who he who he was before the big reveal well the whole uh, i like they, how they simon touched... Pegg wrote himself into the into the script saying lasse lasse like i felt, oh I felt like he was like yes. i felt like he got to this page and was like wanted to write himself a love interest and then just like couldn't go through with it yeah. right yeah. He, he realized it'd be too weird like people would like make fun of him if he they would know oh at the man end. It, we would have been we would have been ruthless <laughs> yeah if they, i mean just between yeah. you and me like we would have been so unforgivably ruthless about it like, yeah I, I you gotta you gotta well. just be friends I'm really at the glad end. that they didn't take the love interest route with her. That would have been really upsetting. Same. It well, one thing that uh, it's a it's a it's a thing I had with Inception too, which is a, a thing you know you gotta let go when you're doing a critic thing. But it's one thing that's tough. It's like oh, there's a really interesting premise in here that's different than the movie they want to tell, which is fun. The movie they want to tell, they told I thought well. Same with Inception, I think they tell that movie well. They want to tell, but with here, it's like they have a really interesting idea where this planet. Like basically, Crawl is able to keep himself alive, and he's looking for like I guess doomsday devices all throughout the planet. So the planet is populated by tons of crashed ships that have been lured there, and there's like just bunches of aliens running around. And Jayla is one of them, and like there's that she was born on that planet, and like there's tons of aliens from all different races there who just happened to be there. Was that she ever said that she was born there? Yeah, I she was. That's that. why she that 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 place was her home, because her father oh. crashed there, and she lived on the Franklin the entire life. And so there's like this very oh, interesting I... kind of clever idea that they don't ever explore. But it's like, I get they got to do their own thing. But it was like, ah, it's one of those things. Too many characters. Yeah. It's, it's every, it's, I'm sorry. It's one of these things about every Trek films. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like that was the best part about the Picard generation is that it did a really good job of just telling all the other characters to go fuck themselves and just doing Picard and whatever the bad guy was. Like, Often, yeah. They do a much, Basically, they, do a, yes. they did a much better job of that in TNG is just like having, a, you know, Picard and Kirk and Generations argue or. That's or, why First uh, Contact works. It's like, okay, Riker, you yeah. go do past stuff. I'll go do Borg stuff and we'll be fine. You know, yeah. like, uh, no, they do. They do. They, 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 there was a much better. Uh, they, whereas this one has, it's so. I feel like the, the new tracks are so in love with how well it's cast. It's cast this time that it can't, it can't get over not having everyone have like a hero moment. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like Ahura has to like they have to they have to keep doing this the the Ahura. Thing. I thought that was actually hilarious when he's like, "You gave your girlfriend a tracking device." Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> and everyone throws. He's like, "That was not my intention." <laughs> <laughs> and you believe it because it's Spock. You're yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. It's it's it's. I I don't know. I felt I for me, and I know I can clearly tell. I can I I can't see his face, but I can tell Trevor's glaring at me in the corner. No, I like that. But. Uh, <laughs> I like that beat, actually. I, I mean, I just think there are a lot of funny beats in this movie, and that's the thing is like for me, this is great popcorn. And maybe if if maybe if you're upset about it not being, I mean, and this is the thing we talk about like Ghostbusters being something entirely different, um, but this is like a different sort of different for me that kind of works for me as a summer blockbuster um, more so than probably the original Trek, Trek movies worked. Like I don't think the original Trek movies worked very well as summer blockbusters. Um, 
you know, especially in, even in the TNG generation. So I think as this, like, this was great popcorn flick. It made me laugh. I had a good time. It had pretty good action. Um, you know, it didn't annoy me from a plot perspective, which is probably a problem that, like, all I want from a Star Trek movie is that it just not to annoy me from a plot perspective. Well, it wasn't even the plot point. for me as much as I, I, I can appreciate the popcorn element of it. I would have been able to enjoy that more if they didn't, I feel like, kind of do a half assed job of like exploring the theme of unity kind of like that just felt every time they they picked that up there's like okay we have to like remember that this movie is about something like they had to like kind of just give lip service to a moral when it really didn't like if you had just made it about the character growth that spock and kirk had and focused more on that instead of trying to tie it into this larger theme that just wasn't really there for me i guess that would have been better but that that's still right. sort of my contention with that i, I don't know no. all right I kind We're of, gonna wrap. Go ahead. Bobby. Oh, I was I was kind of agree with Trevor on that point because the the whole unity concept. I think they were really um, they did a poor job of driving, but that's kind of it's kind of the the moral kind of the point. You know, you have that moment when um, the the crew is uh, in the the cage on the planet, all trapped and everything like that, and you know, Call uh, goes to Sulu and you know grabs him and starts sucking the life out of him, which how the fuck is he supposed to be doing that? I mean, we never explained how he has this ability to do that, but ignoring that whole plot issue, um, they they have that. You I, know, I, they I, actually, I'm sorry, Bobby, they said that. Yeah, he'd well. actually explain like he, like like there's technology on the planet. It was, it was like planet. it's literally like laid out on a platter. <laughs> how how does he do it then? How did I miss it? I missed that. It's as magical. Well, actually. Yeah, like explain it to me. Really? Yeah, really. I mean, it's not. I don't. I'm. I'm not saying the mechanics of it are explained, but he has life draining powers. Like okay, he but how it, did like, he get the powers? Yeah. You know, the it's like he doesn't have the powers when he's the planet, the technology on the planet. Like I mean, yeah, the technology yeah, on the planet. Yeah, classic. Classic storytelling. Okay. I, yeah. <laughs> it's just. I. I felt like that was poorly developed and explained, but that's not the point. I mean, they're they're in the cage and they, you know, it's basically like you aren't as strong, united, and all that kind of crap, but it's not the <laughs> unity of the Federation that even destroys him in the end. It's individuals. So I thought that whole um, right. message really got lost in the weeds, and if that's what they wanted to drive, they needed to drive it home. So it felt like this weird, loose end that didn't quite belong. I kind of wish it wasn't there at all. It's not I even, agree. And, and just, I just want to add one more point. It's also kind of confusing that his technology and the power that he has is from, they call them bees, and that's like communal, but like a false community. If you like go back to Ender's Game and that kind of sci-fi, like the Borg, and that, there's that, there's right. that kind of, like, and yet that is the power that he aligns himself with. And I mean, what they, what they beat the bees with, rock and roll, is like all about the individual. Like, there's that just, yeah, it doesn't really. Oh, no, I'm sorry. You're reading too much. No, I'm, I, I mean, you're reading. I, I, I mean, I, I think that's a confusing I refuse to believe there's that dramatic. deep of meaning in this movie, and I think that's the issue. You guys are like, what's the deeper meaning? And then you get caught up on all the MacGuffins. Well, I don't like, want well, to have a deeper meaning. I just want to have a point, Jack. I just want a oh, meaning. Well, yeah. Just a meaning. Okay. Like, I can the accept that it doesn't have to be that good. deep, but for me, that was kind of confusing. 
Better I, Together seriously felt like it wanted to be the meaning, yeah. but I felt like and Better really Together fell that. apart. I, I thought no, well, that would have been relevant. You're, you're and that clomping been great, on. No, but. that's not the point of the movie. Okay, you guys are just running off with the villain's point because that's the issue, and that's the kind. It, there's like a there's like a beat where Kirk where Kirk and the villain are having an argument, but that's the point. Of, that's kind of more of the villain's thought. Like the main thrust of the movie is finding yourself, and it has to do more with like dealing with death and dealing with like um, your judgment and wanting to be what you are. Are, as opposed to like learning to love who you are. I mean, that's like Kirk and the through points, and I think it's much more supported with the addition of Jayla and all the other things. I think you guys are just missing the point of the movie because you're right. Because you know, it's because you're tied into the the theme that's more associated with the villain, and he kind well, of goes out with a fart. The antagonist does represent a side of the conflict, and and generally, when you have a conflict in a movie, you you are trying to make. I'm sorry, dude. Like, I, I understand that that wasn't the main thrust of it, maybe, but it felt. Com- like it could no, make I'm, up I its mind. I mean, it's you, part of the thrust. Take the closing it's just the shot, Jack. The they have everybody in the crew say the the theme, the 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 the, the, the prologue together instead of just Kirk. What's wrong with it. togetherness? And I don't understand. There's why. not anything wrong with it. I'm saying that that final that, moment. Yeah, no, and that final moment would have worked better if they'd set it up more for me. That's that's what I'm saying. Is it felt like they wanted to do that, but and they had those moments, but it just didn't. No together for there's me. too many okay well here's the thing there's too many themes everyone yeah. runs off on their own individual tangent and then they all come back together to face the bad guy at the end and it's not really a movie about unity or people coming together it's really not it's just like them overcoming their issues to just defeat the villain at the end it's like i'll agree with you that like all the characters overcome separate issues with moral themes and then just deal with the villain at the end on his own right. but i think that's still part of the theme is that they're all disconnected and at the their lowest points. right at and they the come to their, together yeah right yeah and it okay. isn't until the end like they defeat the enemy like i said by all working together with that I, i'm sorry i think the issue is when you have that like non uh, not that non uh specific not as non-specific as unity is like you can see it within all the context of the film like everywhere you look i mean if you just that's my thing is like you, you, if, if we want to start getting like i mean i agree like you know you want to get that deductively into breaking down star trek i i'm like we could have done that with old star trek movies but it's we cannot do that with this one they ride a fucking tidal wave of rock and roll exploding ships like jesus christ like like i i just i don't think you should have ever at this moment been like, oh, I really want to wonder what the point of this movie is. No, that's not that's not that's not this movie. And and I I I, I do love your ability, Trevor, to see the deeper meaning in everything. <laughs> well, with the bigger picture thing, you kind of kind of pulled me back around a little bit. But I know it's, it's it's fine. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I think I think you have a valid valid criticism. I just don't think I just don't think it's. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think that this is time for the scores to let us all know. We're gonna go. We're gonna do the Star Trek thing at the end in terms of rating our favorite Star Trek movies. But let's go ahead and do scores. And I kind of want to see yours in context before everyone else's. Trevor, what's your what's your score? I was afraid you were gonna say that because I can go first. I can go first out of context if you want to. I mean, I've just been really trying to make up my mind between a five and a six because. Um, Unfortunately, you brought up Ghostbusters halfway mm-hmm. through the cast. I remember I gave Ghostbusters. I know I did that very on purpose. Everyone gave it a six, and you know it's worth well. This movie. No, that's the thing that I can appreciate for it for what it is better. Like this Star Trek for me is supposed to be more philosophical than this was, and I'm kind of I'm kind of not wanting to take out my 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 
just contention this the whole, the whole reboot in general it is so much fun that, to but. watch somebody else fuck themselves with a score <laughs> it's just a change of pace for it not to be me for once i'm just saying um, yeah um hmm. i think i'll give it a 6 <laughs> Because uh, I start to remember, start remembering that I had like a lot of expectations for Star Wars too, and that's it's weird comparing this to Star Wars because they're both J.J. Abrams and both that kind of that kind of direction that I don't like, but um, I did kind of enjoy it more than I enjoyed Star Wars at least. So. Jesus, I'm sorry, Trevor. I mean, you're saying it's you you rated it exactly the same as Ghostbusters, and I'm sorry, even if it's even if there's like a, but you're doing it entirely based off like the franchise, like you're doing exactly what we tried really hard to avoid doing with Ghostbusters. With well, I, Ghostbusters the franchise wasn't as much of an issue for me. Here it is. What, fuck, like, but that that's ah, oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I can I understand get, where Trevor's coming from, at least in that because I think the. That there's not much of a franchise in Ghostbusters. We're exactly. This is like, what, the third or fourth Ghostbusters movie? This is the 13th Star Trek movie, not and, to mention... Well, I mean, every single series. Ghostbusters issue movie is Ghostbusters has been the first is far one. more destructive. Ugh, I mean, I'm sorry, guys. I agree that it's not franchise, but, I mean, they're rebooting Ghostbusters. You can't, like, it's not... I'm not talking about, like, franchise rebooting. We're talking about movies that are directly reflective of other movies. And there's just more this is reflective of a franchise versus... And this is it goes off and does its own thing, whereas Ghostbusters is directly trying to hit the same story beats as the first movie and changing them in weird, awkward ways. And I'm sorry, like, you just cannot compare the level of direction between those two movies and tell me they're the well, same. Well, it's not the direction specifically that I'm comparing them. It's how much I enjoyed them. And I was bored. Or the movie. writing. Well, I'm just saying, if, if direction and writing is so much poorer for the, between the two differences, it's hard for me to give them the same score. Well, let's hear your score, Jack. Seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not. I'm sorry if that came off angry. I'm not. I'm just like. I'm just like. I knew. I like. It's. It. it, it I. Everyone rode me so hard about Batman v Superman. <laughs> like, do not. You have made your own worst enemy, guys. I think you rode Jack's me harder for our about Batman v Superman. Superman than anyone what? rode you. I'm sorry, Jack. Yeah, Jack. You were. Let's let's be honest. You were in denial about Batman v Superman. We were all That's very what, understanding. You were Jack me wants to say about the fact about my Batman v Superman rating. <laughs> I what? You attacked me after the fact about my Batman v Superman. You. Yes, you did. Oh in one God. of your rants, you ran, you. you won a bet, and you started out with, "Let's talk about Sarah's rating of Batman v Superman." She gave it more. Let's never mind. I said, I said it was unokay to say that inclusion of female characters changes your rating of a movie. But the Let's point is, do you this again. me out after the fact, and I just, never mind. Clearly, you didn't appreciate it. I apologize. I did. <laughs> I've hurt your feeling. Oh my god! I still stand by what I said there, though. Um, I apologize if I singled you out, Sarah. Um, but I think the point is, like, I, I don't think it's it's anything bad. I just want to point out the difference of what a six means. And I mean, I'm just saying, like, we've seen two summer blockbusters, and I think in the context of when we're seeing them and when we're doing them, I think I had a lot more fun at the second one. So that's me. I'm not bitter at all. Ben, go. <laughs> all right. Jeez. Ah, uh, seven point five. Um, I'm going a little bit higher just because I think maybe I would rate Captain America a little lower now that I've kind of had some distance to it. And then I think mm-hmm. Captain America had like a 7. Uh, so I was going to say a little bit of 7.5. This is just kind of the fun summer stuff I've been waiting for. Maybe it's just a little bit of a dour summer season that there's maybe better films I wouldn't have loved as much. But uh, this is a kind of fun, enjoyable, 
action adventure. Uh, it's not class Star Trek. I agree, Trevor. I, I wish for better themes, but I know we'll never just have the motion picture again. As much as I'm the only person who seems to like that movie, me and like other like five other nerds, uh, I know that'll never happen because that's we're different landscape. But that's fine. Uh, this is still fun and enjoyable, and exciting in its own right. Even with its faults, it's just more what I want from this new Trek series. And uh, I think that's why I'm really excited about it. I was just, uh, as a lot of people, not on board with the series after Into Darkness, and it's put me back on board. So I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, 4 will be interesting, and I'm just kind of worried. It seems like JJ's getting a little bit more back into it, and I kind of want to be a little bit more producer man, uh, though I do also want him to direct, so it's not fair. <laughs> so I, I don't know what I want. I guess I just want Simon Pegg to write it and JJ Abrams to direct. So if that happens, that'd be perfect. But uh, Yeah, uh, I... I... Uh, as, we all wish. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. Hopefully, we will get that middle ground. But, I mean, we um, theoretically, we theoretically got it partially in Into Darkness, so partially, but we still had Robert or- Orsi and Kirkman. I, I, I know, Darkness. I don't know. I like that. That also script like famously was shoved out the door before it had any love given to it. So probably. Um, so yeah, so I, or, I, 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 I quite enjoyed it. I enjoyed the newcomer Sophia Butella, who's, uh, who's from Kingsman Secret Service, and. She's, she's an exciting new actress, and uh, good to see her have a good role. And, uh, a lot of interesting characters in it, and uh, I'm hopeful for, for future Trek uh, movies for the first time in a little while. So that's good. Though I'll probably love the show more because I love me Brian So 7.5. Okay, so Sarah next, but hold on. The, oh God. Before you brutally <laughs> attacked me in the middle of the credits, my point to you was that I don't think it's okay to, to rate a movie based upon the, that the fact that you do or do not like the gender of an individual in a movie. You re- said you rated it because you liked Wonder Woman because it was an inclusion of girls, and that's the thing that I took issue with initially, and then you explained to me later that it was just because you liked the character. That's cool. As opposed, it's like that's the same deductive logic that all the trolls used to say that Ghostbusters is terrible because it has women. Like I, You can't like comb back and forth between the two sides. You can't have it both ways. You can't say a movie's better or worse that it had more or less women in it. That was just all I was gonna say. Okay, sorry. I will give Star Trek Beyond a seven. <laughs> sorry. In my heart, it's more like a six point seven or a six point eight, but for the sake of you know ease of math, for anyone who might be calculating this, um, I will give it a seven. Um, I really do love you. Thank you, Jack. I love you too. Um, I really love the cast that the the central cast that they've chosen to recreate Captain Kirk and Lieutenant Uhura, Uhura and Sulu and Spock, etc. And I think those characters did very well in this film. I was not impressed with the villain or his story arc or the motivation they gave him. I liked the new character of Jayla. I feel like they could have done so much more with her than they actually did. And I was not as intrigued by the storyline as I was with the 09 reboot of Star Trek or with Into Darkness. So I will give it a seven. And taking into account that I am a Trekkie through and through, I enjoyed the new Star Wars film more than I enjoyed Star Trek Beyond. And that is saying something. I will also say I loved the, all of the references to Spock Prime and Leonard Nimoy. And I very nearly teared up the first two times they brought him up. And I was legit sobbing the last time they brought him up. 
and it was beautiful and well written and a nice inclusion for Zachary Quinto's character to deal with Spock Prime's death and I feel like it was the best homage to Leonard Nimoy's death at all in all of the world, the internets, whatever that I've seen since his passing and I appreciated that very much Awesome all right, next up we have Bobby. Okay. Um, I'm going to give this film a seven as well. Uh, I, I really thought it was a good summer blockbuster film. Um, I agree with pretty much what all of you nerds have said before. Um, if I put on my Trekkie hat, I, I can poke a bunch of holes in this film, and I can create some major issues with it. And, yeah, I think there's some, some problems. If you are a diehard Star Trek fan, this film has issues, but all of the reboots do for a myriad of reasons. Um, letting all of that go, I find this film enjoyable. I am having a hard time deciding whether or not I enjoyed it more than Star Wars, um, which is, I'm more of a Star Wars fan and my baseline's a little different. Um, but I'm actually going to rate them the same. So I guess that kind of is an answer in and of itself. Um, I would definitely recommend this film to other people. I think that even if you haven't seen Star Wars or not a fan, or Star Trek, are not a fan of Star Trek, um, you can still get a great amount of enjoyment out of this movie. I think it's fun, and I think it'll definitely keep people interested. So uh, overall, I think it's real solid, and I think I think Seven is a, a really good encapsulation of how I enjoyed it. All right. And that leaves Peter, you are last. Uh, home, bud. Um, after, li after after listening to all of you go back and forth, uh, despite all of that, I'm going to kind of stick to the, stick to my guns on what I ha on what I thought about the movie going into this, and I'm going to give it an eight. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I mm. went, uh, I really enjoyed it. Like the the, the, diff the different be the different beats we got. Um, no, make no it. Yeah, not no. Yes, it was another revenge film with 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 Crawl as the villain, but I still enjoyed watching him on screen. Um, especially because I love Idris Elba as an as an actor, and so so to see him portray that role, I thought was great. Um, one, uh, like 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 we've said before, the central cast that 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 they have in this film that they've had from 09 to Into Darkness to here, I think that they all channel their original ch channel their characters. Like really well from really well from from, from the original series, um, on, on, honestly, honestly, my reasoning my reasoning is really simple. I had a lot of fun watching this film. Mm -hmm. It was a great film. It was it was a great film for me for me to watch at this point uh, during the summer. I think that's a I think that's a good reason, and I, I think I agree with you. I just uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. We overall give uh, the Movie Gang podcast gives Star Trek Beyond a seven out of ten, which I, I think is pretty positive. Uh, I don't know. I think that's it's pretty positive overall. All mm -hmm. right. So moving on to the fun part of the cast where we don't all yell at each other. Um, I, this is actually we'll the see. most contentious. Right. This is actually the most contentious movie for as close as we are all fucking together. Yeah. We're yes. all within a point. We're all within. I was like, say, you gave me a lot of shit for one point like, of a difference, dude. <laughs> well, I didn't know you were I know. that. Like, I, I thought I thought you were gonna give it like a three. Like, I, I don't know. We should really put the bet. Bear with how far we were in the lobster, and that was way more. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. 
Oh yeah, yeah where it was like there was we were like all agreeing, and then we got to the bets, and there was like five point differences between wow. us. Wow, yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyways, uh, for this week we were gonna go ahead and go ahead and say what are your each cast member's top three and bottom three uh, Star Trek movies. And if anyone wants, uh, I'll go first. My number one Star Trek movie, um, and this is going to ruin all my nerd cred, but it's The Undiscovered Country, um, followed by The Wrath of Khan, and then First Contact. And my bottom three are The Final Frontier is the absolute worst. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> um, Generations, I also hate that movie. Um, I like, I mean, I like, I like the concept a lot. Uh, I just, I just think it's, it's just a piece of dirt. And then Into yeah. Darkness is, is another, is another piece of dirt. <laughs> wow, number one worst. That's that's bold. That's bold. No, 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 no. F- uh, Final Frontier is number one worst. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. Uh, opposite, opposite. It's like a. Into Darkness is third worst. Um, it is 11. it is yeah. not nearly as bad as Final Frontier. Final Frontier is like unwatchable. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a lot of problems. <laughs> <It's laughs> problems. Ben, you want to head up next? Yeah, it's for Shane. I'll, I'll I'll just discuss real briefly why not too quickly, not too long. I mean, I'm, I'm not gonna be an asshole, but uh, what I'm saying is uh, that let's get to it. But my brain is fried. Number one, first contact. Uh, I think just because I prefer TNG crew, but also Borg are just the best. And uh, the, the mm. seeing the first contact is really cool. I like big epic moments in, in Star Trek doing that more than just a, a classic kind of story, which is cool. Uh, Wrath of Khan, you know, just got great great crew. Again, a good continuation of the show, which I like. I bringing back the, the character. And it's just like a cool kind of naval battle movie, which is neat. It's just really well paced right. and kind of about change and good themes. And it's great. And I also agree with Jack. I love The Undiscovered Country. It's my number three. Um, it's a really tight, kind of interesting political thriller. And what I love, it's, it's the end of the Klingon uh, Rebellion. So it kind of ties up the show because that was such a big part of the show, the Klingon War, and uh, ties up the cast really well. And also just kind of a cool political thriller. It's kind of cool. Um, so worst, uh, I agree, Final Frontier. Uh, third, third worst, just kind of a bummer. Uh, good, good premise ruined by Shatner's really bad direction. Uh, Nemesis is just a nightmare. It's depressing and it bums me out. And Generations is a good premise that's ruined by being boring and crappy. All right, that's it. So Generations. Yeah, uh, what are your? What are your? Th- oh, you gave Nemesis. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I still like Nemesis um, more than Into Darkness. Um, and uh, I, I don't know, but uh, next up, uh, it's just such a dour uh, ending to yeah, TNG is my is. problem. It, it is. I have to admit, I agree, especially since the TNG cast was all there, and you could have made. Um, like compared yeah, to all if, good if, things, you know what I mean. The final <laughs> episode is just like, oh, it's such a bummer. What is everyone I, talking uh, about? No, Sean. we're. I'm actually. I'm actually. Uh, I'm. I'm. I'm texting Sean, who is taking the bar exam tomorrow. So everyone listening to this will be. It'll be actually yeah. be after he takes the bar before you I hear the Sean. So, good luck. Or yeah, he can do it. That's gonna be miserable. Ass. But he's pissed um, that he's not gonna get to score this, and he's upset that we gave it a seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, next up, so uh, for that, Peter, what are your top three? Oh well. Uh, okay. Well. Uh, as I told you guys before before we started recording, um, I really can't give a top three, bottom three, because I haven't even seen half of the 13 Star Trek films. So I'm just going to go from top to bottom, the four that I have. <laughs> um, That's cool. 
Yeah, sorry guys. Do it. Uh, no. num- num- number number one, Beyond. I I, I think I, I think out of the four I've seen, I enjoyed it the most. Sec- uh, number two, 2009 Star Trek. Number three, uh, Wrath of Khan, and number four, Star Trek Into Darkness. That's my top four because that's my only four so far. I w- I will get back Damn, to y'all you, as I see you, the rest. You, Khan I'm sorry. Isn't, uh, okay, we're not good. We're done. Yeah, no, don't don't I'm don't start with me. Don't, don't don't start with me. We're, we're good. We're good. We're just gonna like we're just love gonna you. step back from each other. <laughs> love you too. I love you too. Um, I I don't know why this this like Star Trek has become more contentious. I don't consider myself a big Trek nerd, but it's just like. It, it's generated such ferocity in me. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, Bobby, what's your top three? Uh, my favorite Star Trek film would definitely be Wrath of Khan. Uh, that's it's always been my favorite. Um, and after that, probably First Contact and uh, then The Voyage Home. I always liked those. Um, bottom three, I'm pretty much sticking with what Ben had because I think that's pretty accurate. Final Frontier yeah. is just absolute shit. Um, so it is oh my, my least favorite. <laughs> okay. Jack, um, that animosity. It, it, is, it, is, it is my least favorite. And then uh, above that would be Nemesis. Um, can, and then above I, that, Generations. <laughs> I just wanted to explain to Peter, since he's my, I think he may be the only person or one of the other people that have seen Final Frontier. <laughs> Final Frontier starts with fucking Kirk climbing a mountain and Spock talking to him in rocket boots. You understand? Which is like, this is where it starts. Hilarious. Wow. Where it starts. It's not good, but it's funny as shit. It's so stupid. <laughs> so bad. So oh bad. Oh my god. It's I clearly need to watch this just for shits and giggles. It's great yes. to get drunk too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, oh my god. Um, I, actually, I decided that's my plan for the next week. I own all of the films that are currently available on DVD, so yes. maybe that's just what I will do this week: is watch all of them. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then come back to you that with a better estimation awesome. of my favorites and least favorites. You're just mad I didn't set you up for this and give you like yes. a head notice. <laughs> All right, let's you go ahead and get this out of the way, Sarah. Okay. <laughs> give, give us a top three. I take this very seriously on the grounds that Star Trek is literally the first television show that I ever saw. My mother wow. has been a fan of the show since it is since its inception in the 1960s. And so she watched the original series and Voyager and Deep Space Nine and The Next Generation and so forth. And she told me that a day or two after I was born, when she was still in the hospital, she was lying in the hospital bed holding me, watching Star Trek The Next Generation, and she said it doesn't get any better than this. So this is quite literally the first TV show that my young eyes viewed. I love Star Trek. I love <laughs> okay, all that, okay, of the Star Okay, Trek. I just want to say that's actually really fucking sweet. Yes. yes. That's and it explains adorable a shit. lot about me as a person <laughs> today. Anyway, that, all of that's that hilarious. being said, to go to my favorites and least favorites. Um, my favorite will have to be First Contact. I think a big part of that has to do with James Cromwell. I love him. For those of you who don't know, he is the farmer in Babe. Um, but what? also, oh my God. That's a weird he changed. plays Zephram Cochran in Star Trek, who is the first man to, you know, go into warp drive, and the Vulcans witness this, and they come and make first contact with the human race. And it's a big deal, and it's great as well. The Borg are wonderful, interesting villains. 
and we get into the whole data business of maybe or maybe not assimilating, etc. First Contact is a great film. I have the very unpopular opinion, apparently. My second favorite is actually Star Trek Generations. Whoa! <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give that a, a uh, Wayne's World. Has to Whoa. do with the music. I really okay. like the okay. music in the film Generations, and as a music major, that's a big deal for me. I also really enjoy the moment when Picard first goes into the Nexus, and he sees, you know, he has a family, he has children and grandchildren. And he's experiencing like Christmas, like a holiday, and just sort of having this normal family life that he never got to have. And obviously he loves being a starship captain, and this is a wonderful thing, but maybe in his heart of hearts that's what he really wanted, was to just you know have a normal life and be a normal person. And I think that's a great thing. I also just, you know, as a diehard Trekkie, I love the interaction of Picard and Kirk together in a film. I think that's great, however brief or sort of Dave's ex machina it might be. I really like it. Anyway, and then my third favorite would be the 09 J.J. Abrams reboot, and that's, again, just sort of a fan service thing. I thought they picked an exceptional cast to redo all of the, you know, the original characters, and they did a really good job. My least favorites are Nemesis, because that was just poorly directed and poorly written. Second least favorite, um, Final Frontier. And third least favorite, this is genuinely just going back to the fact that we had about 45 minutes to decide our least favorite films. <laughs> And I'm gonna say, un- God, undis- Jesus Christ! I'm gonna say undiscovered country, but that's really because I don't remember it. What the fuck? I really just don't remember undiscovered country, what except that it's fuck? a political thing, I and I don't enjoy this. political films. Uh, uh, I love uh, Christopher Plummer uh, as a Klingon. I remember uh, that. And it was it was a hard choice between undiscovered country and insurrection. But I really just don't remember undiscovered country. I'm sorry. And I feel oh. that that might speak to my enjoyment of the film. If I can't remember if it was good, maybe that's because I don't remember liking it. What is it when you have, like, the reverse of an orgasm where, like, the cum sucks back up into your body? <laughs> what the um, hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I just undiscovered country in the bottom three. I'm sorry. I love you so much, Sarah. But then again, Generations you. is also in my top three, so discuss. I know. It's just like you're just wrong. Yeah, <laughs> no, Sarah, the world. Sarah, thank I you feel for like, being. I feel like this is you getting back at the fact that I threw this question at you, like, with not enough time. You're just like, fuck you. What's Jack's flip it? <laughs> no, Sarah, I mean, thank I, you for helping me not be the only one that totally confused everyone with my choices. I'm being completely honest, and I'm really sorry. It took entirely too much time to explain. No, 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 no. You're not wrong. I mean, What's I, the I, thing I think about the... I, Undiscovered Country as number one is is not like a popular opinion, definitely. Um, yeah. Everyone's favorite number one is always Wrath of Khan, so I think... Um, which I have up there, but I mean, I, I wouldn't. I would never put it as number one. I think did anyone I think have I, it as number one? I did. No, I Bobby, did. Bobby, Bobby, Bobby yeah, did. yeah, yeah. Bobby did. Bobby. Did. And I'm not um, sorry. Trevor still has to no, go. No, no, that's a that's a fine number one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it's probably the most technically correct from a Star Trek fan. Yeah, no, I, I respect Rathacon <laughs> yeah. as number one. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I, if, if it is your, it's it's like one of those things. Like you can disagree all day with Undiscovered Country being number one. I wouldn't. 
I mean, Nemesis still fucking happens. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, it's just like. I think we yep, all yep, agree yep. everyone hates Nemesis. Everyone I hates mean, Nemesis. I, yeah, yeah. Nothing even like because you even like it, Insurrection. That's just because Jack, it's, so. it's it, they just poorly hold. I mean, I, I I have Insurrection because after Undiscovered, after First Contact for me at three, it's Voyage Home, Beyond, O Nine, Insurrection. So I have Insurrection above the Motion Picture, Search for Spock, Nemesis, Into Darkness, Generations, and Final Frontier. And most people hate Motion Picture, and I have that number four. So like, I think they're. A lot of people find value in the ones that a lot of people hate. Yeah, Except Sean for took Nemesis. issue with that. <laughs> er, we got we need, we gotta let Trevor uh, give his. Oh, sorry, Trevor. <laughs> yes, my opinion is very important on this matter because it matters. I, we love you, Trevor. I'm actually we with uh, with Peter on this one, guys. I have not seen all of them. Of the ones that I have, it's been kind of stretched out. Like it's kind of hard for me to rem- remember here and there. But just honestly, going off of the ones that I have seen and what sticks in my memory most of what I've seen most recently. I swear I didn't do this on purpose. Wrath of Khan oh, is my no, favorite. No. Into Darkness <laughs> is my least favorite. I think that's fair. What's your favorite? Wrath of Khan. What was your favorite? Khan oh, is my Wrath favorite. Into yeah. Darkness, yeah. it's yeah. just bastard yeah. child that's totally, is my least favorite. That's totally Reese's favorite. I mean, because like, not many people have seen the bad ones. Like, who, who the fuck went to Nemesis? Apparently no one, according to Box Office Mojo. Huh. Um, I don't yeah. think I knew. I saw I that in that theaters. The last of I did with too. The, with the exception of of the reboots, that is the last Star Trek film that I saw was Nemesis. Nemesis? Not just because it was the last one to come out, but just because I don't think I knew it existed. Nemesis. Right. I, that was the only movie I ever pay per viewed because I just didn't. I just didn't get up the heart <laughs> to actually exactly, go see it. It's the, the ultimate like pay per view like, or like a movie bottom company. of the barrel target target bin it's like a it's like a five dollar dvd target bin purchase it's, it's like it's oh yeah a, there was another star trek movie it's a, all, all the star trek movies are on netflix wait nemesis never watched that one who's that was that a movie <laughs> like when did that come out tom hardy's in this what the fuck happened i remember one time i was at i think it might have been in scotland but i was at you know a movie trading company or something you know it's equivalent and someone was buying star trek nemesis on purpose and my first thought was why <laughs> Why the hell would you buy this movie? Like, I mean, maybe if it came as part of us as like part of a set, that's fine. But it was like just that movie, like on Comedic. its own. Do you remember? Do you remember Why? that that part in in Nemesis where they they rode around on a space dune buggy? Movie's <laughs> 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 terrible. Oh my god, that did happen. I think it's try, time to try some unsafe velocity. <laughs> An unsafe velocities. <laughs> I'm Captain Picard. Uh, I don't know why my Picard sounds cockney as fuck. Um, uh, I thought we sounded Australia, let's, uh, but whatever. Let's end this. Let's let's end this because I'm not going anywhere good at this rate, guys. <laughs> so bets for next time before we reveal the winner uh, for this week. Um, next week we're going to be seeing uh, Jason Bourne, and uh, I thought it would be good to guess the overall kill count for the movie. Um, and here's some numbers for your, for your contact, and we're only counting. Uh, you know, the, obviously, I'm just giving you the numbers from the uh, the Matt Damon movies. Um, so the first Born Identity movie, he only kills four people. Um, he actually only kills four people, and then in the Born Supremacy, he kills eight people, and in the Born Ultimatum, he kills ten. So that's a uh, upward trending progression of murder. Um, so <laughs> what we're all going to do is you're all going to go and get on Facebook real fast and private message me your numbers. So as soon as I have everyone locked in, I'm going to go Wait, ahead what? and reveal them. Could you, could you say the numbers again real quick? 
Yeah, yeah. So the first born identity, he kills exactly four people: the professor and um, and three of Cochlin's operatives. Right. Um, and then, then born supremacy, he kills um, uh, eight people. And then uh, in the born ultimatum, he kills um, ten. So they get only that so there's actually number. there's Sorry. only twenty two kills in all three movies. Yeah, in the trailer it said thirty four. Weird. Whatever. Wait, what? Some stuff in the trailer, he that. says, "30." Uh, to uh, Tommy Lee Jones says, "Well, that's his. Well, uh, that's his record as an assassin." It also man, doesn't assume. Oh, actually, as an I, assassin, right? That makes more sense. Yeah, and it doesn't. The born. It's actually only movie kill counts, so it doesn't. I just noticed that this list doesn't count flashbacks because it clearly shows him killing that Russian oil executive in the first one, and that one's not counted. So I guess non-flashback I only said, in I said the movie. My specifically yeah yeah that's that's what everyone should do okay so So present day murders (laughs) it's okay everyone can just see trevor's that's fine (laughs) whatever Um, (laughs) you're good no one it's it's all good um i'm not i don't think anyone's too uh broken up about it okay so first up for ben as everyone locked in i think that's all of them yep yep that's all of them all right so for ben he bets Nine murders. Nine murders. Can we get a nine murders here? Slight downtrend. Um, okay, I think we're going to go yeah. a little bit more reserved. Just a little bit. Next up for Trevor, we have 20 murders. It's going to be a massive psychopath. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like it. And for Bobby, we have a baker's... No, 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 not a baker's dozen, because a baker's dozen... That would be 13, 13 right. that would be wrong. Yes, right, 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 right. She has an actual dozen. <laughs> an actual dozen murders for Bobby. Um, and then for Peter, we have... Ooh, the big 15. We have 15 murders. And to round out the cast, we have four Sarah, uh, 14 murders... Um, so Sarah is entirely boxed in. Sarah, uh, that's okay because I'm there with Sarah too. Because I wrote, I swear, I wrote my bet down on a piece of paper. You can tell because 14 is not where I want to be in this in this uh, betting spread. Uh, but that's where I am. Me and Sarah had the same bet at 14 murders. This is the worst auction uh, ever. Can I get nine murders? Anyone got nine? Can murders? I get a bunch of murders? Ah, uh, I don't know. Jack worst and Sarah, the three ever. of us literally just like did the whole prices right to each other. Bobby Pretty is much. for some reason not involved this week. This week. Well, that's that's Slightly. the issue. Is this is why we're doing this now? So we can't like screw each other. Like right. No, I, no. I, I just like, like how I, un- I, how even unintentionally, it's like nope. We still pulled it off. <laughs> yep, we did. We did. We all stuck together, uh, which is actually interesting because that was not true of last week's bet, oh which my God. Uh, was how many red shirts died in Star Trek Beyond. Um, and this is going to be a little bit dicey here. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of hard time because me and Ben have some disagreements. And yeah, it's based on a big, lot of uh, big spread between us two. Yeah. Yeah, there was a spread. I mean, we we were we attempted to count um, red shirts. We we may retroactively check the bets after the fact after this comes out on DVD. Um, probably not because I probably won't care by then. Um, <laughs> <but> <laughs> That's totally valid. Yeah, that is I, totally I mean, valid. The, the I, I, best I'm, case. I'm the same way. <laughs> The best case is that I'll see it like on a, on Reddit one day and be like, oh, I think we did a bet about that. And then I'll go back and look and I'll be like, oh, I should change that. That's like the best chances you have of getting this retroactively changed. But to go through the bets real quick, we said that Ben said there would be zero red shirt deaths in Star Trek Beyond. Like on, that was like wrong. on screen, we see them die. Like yeah. literally there's like a row of them that just get like murdered. Right. With oh, yeah, yeah. When that <laughs> happened, I was like, whoa, I was wrong. <laughs> like, like just straight like lightning. five in a row. It was, it was, was like, it was like, <laughs> shit. Did you, in my head. did you like, 
just slap your face, Ben. You're just like, fuck. That was <laughs> like, well, there goes that one. It, it, it helped that it was all at the beginning because I thought if it just kept going, it'd be even worse and worse. But yeah, like, definitely it that first bad. fifteen minutes was like it would have it would have had to have been a murder thon to have got me because I was on the opposite end. I said there would be a hundred red shirt deaths, and that was just so woefully. Because I think quick. you your mind you said like you saw a lot of people shooting out into space. You saw a lot of like, those right. Well, they, shots. there was all those there was all those shots of um of all the people flying out of the spaceship in the trailer, the tr- spaceship breaking apart, and all those pods getting killed. So I thought like if somebody got that footage and then like counted all the pods that got hit and that was a death oh, for everyone apparently they were captured apparently like that's something the, could fly yeah, through true. the speed of captured. yeah no. yeah exactly but, yeah, and that was so stupid i was like because they, they, they even said that at a point it's like oh there's capturing i was like i was like no that shit just speared that pod that dude is dead that is not how that works it was a very <laughs> abrupt and aggressive catch you don't fly through this. You don't fly through space and just like catch a pod. I, I'm sorry. I'm not gonna talk about it. Because um, <laughs> that's what I saw. I saw that. I saw those shots in the trailer, and I see them like catching like 15, 30 pods. And I was like, dude, I bet you. We, I bet we can get there. But I was totally wrong. Anyways, um, next up we have Bobby, who prices righted the shit out of Ben with three deaths. Um, she was also wrong. And then we have uh, Peter, who comes in. Well, no, it's actually. It, next, we have Trevor, who actually comes in at eight deaths. And then we have uh, uh, Sarah with 45 deaths and Peter at 50. So Ben's murder count was low for me. And I, this is, this is and we have some disagreement based upon. I'll explain why I think it's low. No, no, I'll, we'll agree in a minute. We'll agree. I, I mean, I'm gonna. I'm not disagreeing with you. I think my question is is just this one specific hallway. Um, it's the hallway. My, it's the hallway. Yeah. Trevor's Ben's count was 20, and my count was uh, around 38 initially. Um, and it all comes down to this one hallway where McCoy's in the spaceship treating the wounded, and it shoots it essentially from three different angles. Mm-hmm. But my question was like, how many times is that the same hallway? Because it kind of gave the impression he was working down a hallway, and I counted all of those three hallways as three different groups of like dead red people bodies, dead red shirt bodies, dead and there's like people. literally like eight apiece in each hallway. So, and I think the issue is like whether or not it's one thing. So I think we're gonna count it as one and just say that the official red shirt count was 20 and we're going to go with Ben's initial count. I'm pretty sure that's wrong, but for the purposes of this, I think um, since me and I Ben are both very, woefully wrong. <laughs> I was very specific and that's why I think it was so, because it was like, I had to see the color of their shirt and confirm that shirt color because there was a lot of blue and yellow shirts getting killed too. So in that hallway, yeah. it was so dim. Like I could only see the first one or two that it could confirm I think, were red shirts, you know, and I, I didn't count I think we were pushing, we were pushing, a, we were pushing 50 murders total on this with yellow shirt colors. Probably. Oh, yeah. I think, I think it was closer to that. I mean, they were making like a jer- uh, like a joke and putting everyone that died in a red shirt, but they definitely were like, they were indiscriminate in their cast murder. Right. Um, I mean, clearly the red shirts died the most because they have that one shot of like nine red shirts dying in yes. a row. <laughs> that was ridiculous. That was, that was ridiculous. They, that, that was, was a reference. That was a reference. That was overt. Um, but that comes down to between at 20, it's between uh, Trevor and the next highest one is uh, Sarah at 45. So uh, Trevor wins.
wins uh, the bet this week. But before Trevor gets to close out the show, I actually have to uh, – me and Ben both want to make a couple plugs real fast. So, again, at the top of the show, I wanted to talk about – if you go over to TuscanShed.com, put it in your browser. Um, you know, We're a very brand-new website, so the Google might not have got it sorted out yet. The Google – I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> um, but it's TuscanShed.com. Go check us out. It's the Shed Tuscan Shed Media Shed. Network. And our featured shows are the Movie Gang Podcast, Save Point Gamecast, a Thieves for Bros podcast. Um, and the other one that Ben wants to talk about, which is most in reference to uh, Star Trek, take it away, Ben. Yeah, so if you're a Star Trek fan, uh, me, Sarah, and Peter were talking as this film is coming out, and we all consider ourselves fans, but none of us had ever seen a single episode of Deep Space Nine between us. Uh, and everyone who I know who's a Star Trek fan, including Jack, uh, thinks Deep Space Nine is probably... I think, Jack, you think it's the best series. I'm not sure if you do or not. But Yeah, I do. I think it's great. Yeah, Deep so, Space uh, Nine is amazing. It's one of those shows that's it's, it's kind of hard to get into because it's very Trek-heavy. But uh, I know once you get into it, it's considered one of the best shows. And so we were like, hey, you know, let's just watch it and let's spend, like, do kind of a infinite chess thing of just every week we're going to watch two episodes no matter what and then we're like ah, let's talk about it then let's put it on a cast and so now we're, we're actually going to cast it uh, we don't know if anybody wants to hear us talk about it but we hope you do because uh, we, we it's kind of interesting to experience a show that many people probably heard and loved or perhaps you want to get in deep space nine yourself and this is kind of a good way to to kind of push yourself into it because it's hard with these shows with a lot of episodes to get ourselves into it so this is for us to watch it but also to share with you guys and we hope uh You'll check it out. So that's me, Sarah, and Peter uh, at least once a week, maybe more, depending on how much uh, we're doing. We're kind of moving a lot faster than we expected. We're really enjoying it so far. Um, so, yeah, I-, I hope you guys check out uh, Geek Space Nine is the name of that. Again, you can find that on Tuscan Shed, uh, the website, and you can also find it on any podcatchers and iTunes and the like. Well, not quite, because uh, uh, well, Google Play Music is a bitch, um, and their <laughs> podcast review process takes days. Um, but currently, yeah. it is up on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, and uh, Podomatic, and most pretty much all your Apple-based products. Um, it'll be coming to an Android product near you very, very soon. Awesome. Okay, and that's the wrap-up. And now, Peter—I mean, not sorry—now uh, Trevor, it is yours to take. Well. Um... Jack, I don't. I feel like I've pretty much said my piece on on Star Trek Beyond. I don't really have anything to add to it, and I don't really have a, a soapbox prepared. I did not think I was going to win this bet. Um, um, I'm happy. <laughs> I actually had. I actually literally, if you look at the bet sheet right now, it has Bobby winning because I forgot that you had bet eight. God damn it! I thought, Bo- <laughs> I thought Bobby was going to win. Bobby, do you, I thought do you Bobby have a was going to win? Bobby has things to say. <laughs> I have new things. Oh my god. Okay. Just Trevor, it is yours to give to who you want. You get the point for it. And you are currently the currently the sum totals is I am in the lead with four, followed by Sarah and Trevor with three, and then followed by Peter, Sean, Bobby, and Ben with two. And Jenna, Andrew, and Will are in last place. Well, I, I can give away the last word, but keep the point, right? The point's what I care about. Yeah, yeah, the point's okay, yours. Yeah. The yeah. points are always that. Like, we do that. People <laughs> give away the last word all the time, matter. and we keep the points. Because there's going to be, let's be honest, there's going to be uh, there's gonna be a reckoning at the end of this season. A when, reckoning. When so ominous. Just, oh, wait, well, I thought of something. Go. Oh, just just <laughs> go. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're on air. Um, <laughs> do it live. I'm actually going to um, 
respond to something one of our other movie gang members brought up um, on one of their last words. Um, Bobby, in one of uh, your last word segments you've had once before, you brought up the um, kind of all the shit the media is taking right now for the whole Trump thing, giving him free advertising and everything like that. I do feel like that's a simplification a lot of people make. Um, and I really do like that we have like a, an actual journalist on, on the cast to, uh, to, uh, to defend, uh, to make that argument. I, um, I guess really I just, I, I feel like there is a lot of bad intentions in the press in, in, in general. Um, I don't feel like uh, local local press is very necessarily safe from that either, which was kind of an argument you made. I wanted to pitch back at you. But um, I do think that the media does get a lot of shit for it. And you hear like even the most conservative anchors, uh, like on the most conservative networks, like on Fox, um, making statements like, you know, we would love to put footage of an actual intelligent conversation or, uh, you know, speech by a different candidate on but Trump is what gets ratings, so we have to do that because that's what people watch, you know. Um, like, I guess to put it in movie terms, uh, I really like Spotlight, but I also like um, Nightcrawler a lot. So I guess that was just uh, the, uh, the conflict for me. Just want to kind of put that out there for comments. If anybody wants to uh, contribute to that conversation, we're more than glad to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in again, guys, and uh, we'll see you next week.